0: Hello and welcome to A New Lease on Life. My name is Lise, and I'm an artist and entrepreneur on a constant mission to connect people, words, sounds, and ideas. And together, through this podcast, we're going to make some serious discoveries. I'm here to connect you with creative game changers from all spaces, merging inspiration, life learnings, and actionable advice that you can use to take the first step towards achieving your own goals. So, are you ready to upgrade your lease on life? Let's get started. Hello everyone and thank you for tuning in again to A New Lease on Life. I'm really excited to do this episode. It's similar to a Tiny Takeaways format but what I really wanted to do was provide you with some ways that I felt I won in 2020 and they're not necessarily accomplishments or anything like that that I was trying to achieve but more so habits and actions that I implemented in order to win the year, I suppose. So I've seen a lot of people post or do kind of, uh, you know, 10 things I learned in 2020 or 10 things I want to do for next year, things like that. So this is kind of similar, but a little bit different because instead of telling you what I've learned <laughs> from just like a personal perspective, I want to actually tell you what I did in order to make this a really pivotal year of my life despite everything that's been going on. The great thing about this episode is a lot of these are just tiny habits that you can implement into your daily life and that is our bread and butter here at A New Lease on Life. I don't like to complicate things and I don't want to make things unattainable for anyone and I also just want to preface by saying if you didn't have a great year join the club you and everyone else and this year didn't need to be a productivity contest i'm not creating this episode because i i think i'm particularly special or anything like that it's just a accumulation of things that i've learned over the year that have been really helpful and i when i tell my friends that i'm working a lot on certain projects or investing a lot into my personal development they often ask me what that looks like and to break it down for them step by step. What are the things you're working on? What are you doing? So I guess I've gotten that request a few times and I thought it would be valuable to make an episode about it as a bonus episode for the last one of 2020. But even if you're not listening to this episode in 2020, I think it will be highly valuable and these are things that you can implement or try at any point in life. So the first couple things that I did on my list was all surrounding my morning routine and how I approached it. So I think in the last half of 2020, I did a consistently good job of waking up each morning and meditating, even if I wasn't the most present in all my meditations. Creating that discipline and creating that habit made the number of successful and present meditations that I had increase over time and also just made me, I think, more clear throughout my day. There's tons of research supporting meditation. Everybody, I think, knows this by now. There were many days where I've meditated twice or even three times in a day. That obviously doesn't happen every day, but without fail, I meditated every single morning. I also started having cold showers via the recommendation of my trainer, which leads me to my third point, which is that I trained consistently four days a week because that's just what works best for me. So those kind of go hand in hand. I would have a cold shower every time after I'd train. Again, there's a lot of evidence to support how cold showers and ice baths and things like that can be beneficial for you and for your body and for your mind. I'm not really going to get into the scientifics behind that because I want, again, this to be an easy episode that you can listen to and not a deep dive thesis that you feel like you need to be on a marathon walk or clean your entire house to listen to. But those were just some non-negotiables for me when it came to my morning routine. And the last piece of my morning routine, which is number four, is that I journaled every single day, morning and night no matter how tired I was, no matter if I didn't even have anything to say. So there's a lot of different ways that people can journal. Obviously, there's a lot of ways that work for different people, different strokes for different folks kind of thing. But I had heard a recommendation of journaling your day as if it were already in the past. And I actually got that recommendation from my good friend Hugh Jackman, Uh, on the Tim Ferriss show. I don't know Tim Ferriss or Hugh Jackman in case that's not clear, but I thought that this piece was really helpful and actually Hugh Jackman had said that his life coach was recommending him to do this. So I straight up copied the exercise and have done it every single day for months and it's been really instrumental in a lot of ways. So the first thing I do is I write everything that I, you know, have done in that day. So if it's Monday, I wake up, I say I had my meetings, I had my calls, Um, I worked on this, I got this done, I went for a good walk, I had a good training session, and I felt really strong and proud of my progress. I, I don't know, I had dinner with my family and I didn't look at my phone and I was present in the conversation and I was responsive instead of reactive to challenges that came up throughout my day, something like that. It's not something that is really long. I think I it's about half a paragraph for me every morning, and I just kind of outline what I want the day to have looked like in the past tense. And then what I do in the evening is I give myself a score out of 10, also based on what Hugh Jackman recommends, and I should call this episode Things Hugh Jackman Recommends. But yeah, so I give myself a score out of 10 to hold myself accountable to how well I did that day. In achieving what I had set out to do. So that kind of parlays me into my nighttime journaling and writing and sometimes my nighttime writing is a little bit more long form and I deep dive into something that I'm going through in my life in that moment of time. I have a document on my computer that I name after every year and I periodically add to it but I don't journal like that every single night. Maybe every two or three weeks I'll pick it up and I'll write something really long and it's been a really really rewarding experience to actually go back to those documents from past years and even in the same document from past weeks or months and see what I was going through at the time and see how far I have come so if you don't keep any sort of track of what you're doing in your life if you don't want to that's totally cool but I would definitely recommend it because I think it just helps us to be A little more proud of ourselves, especially if you're just going through it, which everybody is in their own way. It really is lovely to look back on something a couple months later, read your journal entries and think, wow, I've really evolved from that place and I'm really proud of myself for doing so. So I would recommend that. It's just a small tip that I have quite enjoyed and also I have a terrible memory, so it's even just surprising sometimes to see what comes up. Uh, The last thing I'll say about journaling is in terms of my nightly journals, I make note of three things that went well for me that day. So I used to, in the start of the year, write down three things I was grateful for every evening. But I actually learned through the resilience project that a lot of gratitude lists can start to become recycled after a period of time. You know, you have those typical things that you're constantly grateful for my house, my family, my friends, my job, things like that. And it doesn't really allow us to get as creative in paying attention to the beauty in our lives. So I really liked this prompt that the founder of the Resilience Project, who I forget his name, but I heard him on a podcast. I can link it in the show notes or you can message me about it. But I really liked his prompt of saying what were three things that went well for me because I noticed throughout the day I became so much more aware of what was going well for me in the moment and actually was like oh I gotta write that down later that's something that went well for me and sometimes it can be really big obviously like the podcast episode did great or my new song got a lot of press and a lot of cool people were writing some very nice things about it it can be big things like that supporting your goals but one time I I literally wrote down I accidentally slipped on a pine cone and didn't roll my ankle and you know I that could have gone the other way or like just silly little things like that one time I was walking and the tree in front of me it's winter right now and I'm in Canada while I'm recording this but one time I was walking and the tree in front of me this branch just like looked dumped a bunch of snow and ice like 30 seconds before I was meant to walk under it. And I was like, oh, that went really well for me. That could have all fallen on my head and it could have either hurt my head or made me very cold and wet. So that's A plus for me. And then I go and write that in my journal (laughs) later in the night. I could probably also call this episode like reasons why I'm a nerd, but we're just going to roll with it because in keeping with nerd fashion, the fifth thing that I did to win in 2020 is. I started tracking my habits in a spreadsheet and I actually got this tip from Alyssa Atkins who is the CEO and founder of Lilia and she has been featured on a past episode and if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I'd highly recommend you check it out because she provides a lot of wisdom and knowledge and I learned a lot from her and I learned things that were actually implementable into my own life, which is awesome. So I made a Google spreadsheet, I called it Lease 2020 and... Just started tracking everything. I tracked how much sleep I was getting. I tracked what I was eating in working with a trainer and obviously focusing on my workouts and exercise as best I could without access to gym facilities a lot of the time this year or without, you know, normal long form dance rehearsals that I was used to having. So I started tracking my food, tracking my caloric intake, tracking my macros tracking how many servings of vegetables I eat, how, what else do I track? Um, Whether I do any rehabilitation exercises such as vocal exercises or maybe physio exercises, I track if I'm doing my skincare routine, I track how much water I drink and what I'm doing that day. So what I'm doing that day can look like I had a lot of meetings, was at my desk a lot, how many steps I took in that day. If I recorded a podcast that day, if I wrote a song that day, if I was in the studio recording, I tracked all of those things and the approximate hours that I spent doing them. And then I gave an overall daily rating for my mood that day, as well as an overall daily rating for the day overall, both out of 10 and really just doing that so that I can measure up against some of my variables. So... I have been doing this for about three months now and starting to see a lot of trends, which I'm really happy about. I start to see when I function best based on my sleep and my eating and my training schedule, what I'm doing in the day that is increasing my overall daily rating, such as walking a lot or connecting with friends or what I'm doing in the day that makes me feel quite drained, aka not being glued to my computer and not taking appropriate breaks. So that's been really really helpful for me. It's helped me see what my body responds to best and what my mind responds to best. I'm still only a couple months into that data, but I'm really enjoying it so far. It is a little bit intensive. You know, I sometimes I forget to track it every every single day, but when it comes down to it, it honestly only takes me a few minutes a day. And maybe it's not something I'll do forever, but I think it's a really good thing to do for at least 6 months or so so you can see the ways that you can start to make wins in your own life. The sixth thing that I did and made a habit of doing this year was speaking to myself with love. I know that sounds a little bit cheesy but I think it's been a tough year for everyone and I just on a larger scale wanted to take better control of the way that I was speaking to myself and the narrative that I was bringing to my daily life and how that was impacting my mood and or relationships. I read this quote in a book actually called The Four Agreements and it said, the limit of your self-abuse is exactly the limit you will tolerate in your life or something like that. I probably butchered the quote a little bit, but I really, really liked that. And I thought, oh, so if I talk to myself with more love and actually believe the things that I'm saying, then subsequently my quality of life will improve based on what I'm allowing to continue in my life. I've definitely seen that in 2020 and it's made a huge impact on just how I view myself and how I view my abilities and what I can accomplish. So I am quite grateful for that learning and I think from that learning, maybe I should have switched the order of these two things, but I also in 2020 started to work with a really great therapist and I think that's probably where the previous change of mental tone comes from. I would highly recommend that for everybody. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about trauma and stress and how it's held in your body and what you can do to release it, which is the reason why I went to go see her in the first place, and I feel much better. Yeah, I. Am, it's always like a, a learning process. There's not going to be a day that I don't think I wake up and think I'm done learning and I'm done improving, but It's something that I've done in 2020. It's absolutely something that has shifted my mindset and helped me create wins in my life. So, you know, despite everything that's going on, I'm sure this was a year where a lot of people probably were reevaluating their mental health, but that is something that meant a lot to me and something that I wanted to share. In case anyone was on the fence about it, do it. It's incredibly empowering. It teaches you so much about yourself and about the relationships that you have with people in your life. And there shouldn't be a stigma associated around it because all it does is make you a better version of yourself and make you better towards other people. That to me is a massive win. Okay, so the eighth thing that I did to win this year was I read every single night before bed and I didn't scroll on my phone. There were a few days, like on days where I couldn't sleep for the life of me where I resorted to my phone and I would put Netflix on in the background just so I could like fall asleep to some TV to get out of my own head if I was thinking too much. But for the most part, I would stop checking my phone around 11 and have like a dedicated 30 minutes before going to sleep to journal and spend like 10 to 15 minutes a night reading. And I am shooketh, if I can say, about how many books I was able to go through just in reading like 10 to 15 minutes a day. So it was a huge improvement for me because I loved reading but I always felt like I didn't have the time to do it and it really calmed me down. Obviously like not looking at the screens before bed was a huge one but even more so the reading just decreases your stress levels significantly It allowed me to be a little bit more present and get out of the running to-do list that was in my head before sleep, and I really, really enjoyed it, and I would highly recommend it because you would really be surprised how many books you can go through in a year by just reading 10 to 15 minutes a night. In fact, I went through so many books that I had to start rereading books because I didn't want to continue buying books. Uh, Not for any particular reason. I love supporting authors. It's just because I am moving soon, so I didn't want to procure any more things that I would have to pack up and move in a suitcase. But yeah, so I've actually in the past month just been rereading chapters of old books because I read so much and honestly barely even tried to read that much. It just happened. The ninth thing that I wanted to talk about on my list of 10 was that I walked a lot this year. And I know that that was probably the main thing that a lot of us could do. I also completely sympathize if you have an injury or for some reason you're not able to walk. So I would say maybe on a larger level, I really reevaluated my relationship with nature. I used to jokingly say to my friends that I hate nature. Like, unless it was the beach, I was just not interested. But I was really just scared of bugs and stuff. I didn't actually hate nature. In fact, I care a lot about the environment but it really made me reevaluate my relationship to nature as a whole. I've lived in big cities for the past like five years of my life at least I think so I've always thought of myself as like a city girl and now having had the year that we just had I realized how important it actually is for me to be connected to water to be connected to the ocean and just be connected to places where I can hike and get fresh air and walk amongst the trees and yeah I honestly sound a thousand years old but I don't care it made such a huge difference in my daily happiness scores as we saw that I tracked earlier and also just in my life in general the last thing that I think I did to win 2020 was I time blocked my calendar a little bit better and most importantly, I time-blocked without social media. I have a very love-hate relationship with social media. I love connecting with everybody. I love, you know, being very honest and truthful in my captions and things like that, but I don't love being connected to my phone, and in fact, if I could live without my phone, I honestly would. So one thing that I didn't quite get right this year, but I'm really, really wanting to implement for next year is To have at least one day a week where I have a social media free day. And that's something that I would definitely recommend because I've done it in the past. I've actually gone for months before, maybe not months, but I've actually gone for at least weeks deleting like certain apps off my phone. And I genuinely loved it. First of all, it makes you (laughs) cognizant to how often the muscle memory in your fingers fire um, from you just instinctively opening certain apps and in certain patterns. So that's a very humbling experience to be like, my goodness, my hands only know a couple main actions and they do it without even me telling them to do it. It's something that I thought of a little close to the end of the year, but that I really, really want to implement better for next year. So having a social media free day, I'm not sure exactly when that's going to be, like what day of the week, because there's a lot going on all the time and I do kind of have to stay connected, but I'm thinking either a weekend day, like perhaps a Saturday where I'm definitely not doing anything or launching anything or something like that, or just a random day throughout the week, like maybe a Thursday. I don't know. It's um the newest idea that I had on my list for ways to win my days and my weeks and subsequently my years. So I hope that was helpful for you. I hope you enjoyed this little bonus episode. I wanted to put it out specifically before the holidays. And again, if you're not listening to this around any holidays, it's totally fine because none of this is holiday specific. It's very implementable at any point in your life. But I really wanted to put it out before the holidays because I know New Year's resolutions are a thing for people and everybody's thinking like, what can I do next year to have a better year? And that's all fine and good, but I wanted to take a little bit of a different approach and think like, well, what did I actually do well this year that made me have a good year in some ways? You know, maybe not every part of the year was great, but there were definitely things that I implemented and definitely things that I did that allowed me to have a new lease on life a little bit every day and a little bit more every month. So that's why I wanted to record this episode Before we actually go into the holidays because it's just, you know, if you have downtime, it's a really good time to reflect on how the year went for you. And like I said, you don't need to implement this stuff January 1st, but I think what the more worthwhile theme is would be to look back on your year and what worked well for you and what didn't. And to use that information not as a way to make yourself feel bad, but as a way to make yourself feel better whether it's in the present or in the future. So I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I wish you all so much love. I hope everybody is safe and well. Thank you guys so much for your continued support. This podcast has only been in production for like six weeks now and just seeing new people listen to it week over week and receiving everyone's comments is truly special to me and I appreciate You guys so much, and I appreciate the support and anyone who just takes time out of their day to support the show by sharing it on social media or messaging me personally. I really am so grateful. So, thank you guys so much. As always, feel free to reach out. I am on Instagram at a new lease on life or on my personal account at lease music. And if you have taken any value from this show, I would love it if you could share some of these tips and suggestions to anyone that you think it might be valuable for whether you do that publicly on social media or whether you do that privately I honestly don't care I just think it would be really cool to perpetuate supporting each other in you know constantly bettering ourselves and supporting somebody that you know is potentially on that mission so much love to you all we will be taking a short break for the holidays But I'll catch ya in 2021.